Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Mesh Tsunami podcast. This week, we're offering five conversations from episode four, our review of mottled epidemiology and disease burden with Zobir Yanasi, plus from the vault, an epidemiology discussion from back in 2022. This conversation focuses largely on the work of the Global Nash Council, an organization of over 200 stakeholders in more than 50 countries dedicated to addressing the range of macro issues in the mottled space. Zobir Yanasi starts by discussing a project on how to implement guidelines for different specialties across regions. One goal is to align the 10% of the various guidelines that are different from others with those in other countries and to understand the reasons for differences. The second is to improve implementation since unimplemented guidelines do no good at all. He goes on to discuss other global Nash Council projects ranging from shared biopsies to the previously mentioned modeling activities. I asked Zobear to put this all in context of his earlier comments about high SDI versus low SDI countries. He describes differences in what food insecurity means between the two types of countries and how that should affect each country's pursuit of policy and guidelines. He also suggests it will be more important to provide patient and provider information for specific low SDI markets. Zobar Yanasi has spent decades building a knowledge base that is a significant part of how the world looks at mazel patient dynamics and trends today. This discussion encapsulates some of that wisdom in the context of winter 2024. It intrigues while it educates. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join our dialogue in the LinkedIn discussion group. Zobar Yanasi. There is a section for it. This uh, takes me back to, uh, you know, the Global Nash Council that I've been chairing and Yorn and 200 other members from 50 countries are members. We have taken on this really monumental project of trying to help implement guidelines across specialties across different part of the world. So the project here was for really was for two reasons. One, when you look at guidelines, there's some differences. Uh, maybe 90% of the guidelines are the same, but 10% are different. And you don't know whether these differences are based on regional realities, for example, then an IT may not be available in, in some part of the world. Or is it really just different assessment of the same evidence? So one purpose is to find those differences and see which one is actually true difference for what that we can come into consensus to a Delphi process, or they're just regional realities. And the second reason for this project was that it's great to have guidelines, but if nobody's following them because they're not being implemented, then we could solve for not. So what we're hoping to do is to put all guys, and I think the last count, we have over 100 some guidelines from across the globe that we have put together. And, and the team of Global Nash Council is going through this with the seven committees that we have to address each one of these and then summarize these in an easy-to-access sort of way for everyone so that we can have the original guidelines available for people to in a library that people can download or these easy-to-access sort of algorithms, figures, tables that came from the consensus process that people can just print out or access and utilize. And we'll make that available in multiple different languages. That's a part of the effort of the Global Nash Council that we have. Uh, Roger, you asked me to talk about other things in Global Nash Council. So this is one project that is a large project. Just for the listeners who are not familiar with the Global Nash Council, this is a network of collaborators across the globe. We started with a few 10 years ago, and now as, as I mentioned, there are 50 members, the 50 countries with 200 members, and it's increasing. And now it's gotten endorsed by very prestigious societies, including EASL, ALE, as well as uh, you know a number of other country-specific sort of societies and patient societies uh, or, or organizations like American Level Foundation. The project of guideline 
guidelines. Assessment and, and, and implementation is one. We have another one which has to do with the cost of inaction, which is what you want to talk about. Eight countries to be assessed in terms of economic burden that's ongoing. We have a what's called a mega analysis of liver biopsies. This is, I think, in the last count, we have about 40 different PIs came together to share their data, de-identified data of liver biopsies and clinical data so we can look at a of performance of NITs across the globe. We have a, another global survey of NITs, non-invasive test thresholds and how they're being used in, in clinical practice that a number of our colleagues, including Laurent Castera, Alina Allen, Jeff Lazarus are a part of that study. So th- this is in addition to other projects that are run by the seven committee of Global Nash Council that we have, uh, we have undertaken. And, and it's really very rewarding to see that a lot of these efforts will lead to, will make a difference in terms of promoting awareness about the disease and generating evidence, not only at the local institution level or country specific level, but then globally. But this is a global disease. This is not a single part of the world is spared. One of the things we want to do is to get more engagement from our colleagues in Africa, the continent of Africa, and also in Latin America, because in the meta-analysis process, we found that there is not a lot of data from these countries. So Global Nash Council has increased the number of membership from those areas so that we can actually give you a better idea about where is the hotbed of this disease and, and how local and global policies can make a difference. Roger Green. So in that context, Sober, you commented earlier about the differences between conditions in high SDI and low SDI countries. Could you elaborate on that a little bit for our audience? We've got we've got listeners in kind of all over the globe in all kinds of countries. Can you elaborate a little bit on the differences so people can understand how their situation might be different from, say, what they read in other places? So it's really interesting because when you look at high SDI countries, it's basically access to, quote-unquote, bad nutrition, meaning that, you know, very high-calorie, low-quality foods that are available in these countries that promote fatty liver disease. And low activity also is the driver of MASAD in the highest SDI countries. And the lowest SDI countries, it's actually, when you are dealing with food insecurity, meaning that you're actually in those countries, food insecurity is not about quality of food. It's about what you have available. It's about poverty and, and mal- malnourishment. It's a different story in those countries. So when you're developing policies to address these two different aspects of Masali in different regions of the world, you have to look at how to create better lifestyle in terms of nutrition and activities in high SDI countries and low SDI countries. It's really providing food because a lot of those countries, it's the poverty and malnourishment that actually is driving those things. Now, in addition to this, of course, there are other things that plays a role, exposure to what's actually in the environment in terms of potential toxins that can drive gut microbiota and other things that could contribute. And so it it would be really important in pollution, for example. Pollution is an important driver of diabetes that has been ignored. And actually, there are studies that our colleague Shira Zabrasagi has been at least teaching us about that pollution and and even the use of, for example, single-use plastic bottles can actually promote these diseases. These types of education could be focused on a targeted for high SDI countries, but maybe a slightly different approach would be for low SDI countries. Part of the Global Nash Council's effort would be to develop these patient and provider information that will be on our website. So we are creating this for lifestyle. What do you do for adults in terms of what diets do you recommend? What type of activities do you recommend? And what do you do for children? Because that's really what's actually, what's the tsunami is coming, it's coming from the kids because the prevalence is high and it's promoting this. And now, back to Roger. 
We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put those in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to me, questions at surfingmash.com. We'll be back next week to discuss what new information or product to expect in NIT space in 2024. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.